0: Monday, April seventeenth, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, I'm coming to you guys from a cold and blustery Detroit, where uh, today's game scheduled for six forty p.m. between the Guardians and the Detroit Tigers uh, has been postponed. It's going to be made up Tuesday as part of a traditional doubleheader, uh, starting at one ten p.m uh everything else stays the same uh the pitching rotation is going to stay the same with Hunter Gaddis uh going for the Guardians in game 1 Peyton Battenfield in game 2 uh the Tigers will counter with Matthew Boyd uh in game 1 and uh Edwin Rodriguez in the uh second game uh just coming off of a disappointing uh finale in Washington where uh, the Guardians really sort of let let one slip away uh, that they were leading late. Uh, how frustrating is it to, to to not have a chance to play and, and get back out there and and, uh, and try to recapture some momentum for these guys?
1: Yeah, Joe. I think uh, they. You know, they, this is a good part of the schedule for them—a schedule to uh, you know make up for opening the season with what Seattle and the Yankees in you know their first what eleven games. They they played those guys a bunch of times, uh, so. Um, yeah, this, you know, they took two out of three from the Nationals, and I'm, I'm sure they were looking forward to, uh, you know, facing the, the Tigers uh, tonight. But, uh, you know, Mother Nature intervened, so they get a day off, probably, you know, help that bullpen because it's been worked pretty hard, and they go into, to uh, tomorrow uh, you know, uh, a Tuesday doubleheader uh, with, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, a rested team, and uh, they can do some damage against the Tigers who are kind of reeling a little bit. Yeah, they won't
0: be uh they won't be very warm, but they'll uh, they'll be out there playing and, and and playing hard for sure. Uh, last season we saw what twelve uh, reschedules or doubleheaders or you know weather related postponements or, or changes in the schedule. Uh, kind of uh you know just an unusual from that sort of perspective to have that many. Uh, the victim, I guess, in in all of that was uh young Connor Pilkington, who was a guy who. Uh, kept getting called up to start game twos of these doubleheaders to sort of save the rotation and keep things on track uh, in in that way. Uh, it looks like Connor Pilkington might be in line to be the, uh, the 27th man added to the roster in the morning uh, tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and get confirmation on that for sure. Uh, but uh, Connor Pilkington, a guy who uh, came to camp maybe uh, uh, on the heavy side and, uh, you know, didn't Didn't win it, win it, win anybody over on the coaching staff in that regard. And then went out and and struggled uh, mightily in his first start for Columbus. So maybe this is an opportunity if he does get the call uh, to come up and, uh, you know, show him what he's all about.
1: Yeah, Joey, you know, he did, he did such a good job, a solid job last year, you know, left-hander, they don't, you know, they don't have a lot of those guys in the rotation, but, you know, he really did a solid job for them you know, bailed him out like you were saying, out of all those uh, you know, doubleheaders, those weather related doubleheaders. Uh his last start this year, uh was April twelfth against Worcester. Uh uh, you know, he's pitching a class AAA Columbus. You know, he hasn't had a lot of success for sure. Uh, you know, uh he's in three starts, he's had seven and two third innings. Um, you know, and uh just a uh you know a bunch uh what, nine like well, he's allowed um you know, 12 earned runs, you know, a lot of hits. So hopefully, you know, but they probably would, can, they need some length, don't you think, Joe, with, with two rookie starters facing the Tigers tomorrow?
0: Yeah, I, I would think uh, a guy like Xavier Curry is a good guy to have uh, back there who, who's proven he's, he can come out and give you uh, multiple innings out of the bullpen. So uh, I, I would expect Curry and uh, if, if Pilkington is the guy who come up comes up to be the 27th man, uh, both of those guys could, uh, you know, they could try and stretch them out for a, a few innings uh, at a time. There, uh, again, the only reason why we're looking at we're looking at Pilkington is uh, because other than Joey Cantillo, uh, he's the only other guy on the Guardians' 40-man roster who they wouldn't have to make a, a roster move uh, to to get on board for that uh, for that twenty seventh spot. Uh, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves in any way, but. Uh, I think that that would, uh, you know, be their their ideal sort of desires to not have to to make a a, a significant roster mover or, or DFA anybody to create a spot.
1: Yeah, Joe. For one game, that doesn't seem like all yeah. that worth it. If that's if he's only going to come up for, if he's the one guy, you know, the extra guy, and he's and the extra guy has to be sent down after the doubleheader, right? I'm pretty sure those are the rules.
0: Right. Yeah. So you know, you know, bring him up, and you better use him because he's he's going to stay on rotation anyways, uh, if that's the case, uh, let's, uh, let's backtrack. Let's, uh, talk about Sunday's, uh, loss in Washington. It wasn't, uh, without its share of controversy. Uh, I was actually listening to Hammy on the, uh, on the radio and his call of the play, uh, at the plate where Miles Straw, uh, you know, threw the Nationals runner out at the plate on a play where Mike Zanino, uh, was originally ruled out, but, uh, the replay review after Washington challenged uh, concluded that Zanino had blocked the plate from uh, uh, the sliding lane. His foot was in the lane. And, uh, you know, I could I could kind of tell in Hammy's voice that that he knew what was coming and that he knew that uh, Cleveland was was going to get kind of hosed on that uh, on that call. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, they went on to, to lose the game. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't They had their opportunities. They were up three runs. Uh, Timmy Heron uh, struggled we'll get to him in a bit but uh, just to to have it sort of taken away when you make the right kind of play there's nothing that Miles Straw could have done uh, better on that it made a an excellent throw Uh, what was your what was your take on it and what was the reaction from uh, from Straw and from Zanino after the game
1: yeah it's just a great throw from uh, from (laughs) Straw to start it all you know, uh, Thomas Lane sends, sends a fly ball to, you know, medium-deep center field. You know, Stone Garrett is on third base. There's one out. Uh, he makes a great throw. Zanino takes it on the hop, you know, tags out uh, Garrett uh, on, a you know, a really a close play at the plate. The uh, plate umpire, Ryan Blakeney, calls him out. It's a double play. The, the Guardians are running off the field with a 6-5 lead. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, Davey Martinez, the Washington manager, you know, he was going to challenge no matter what he, you know, it's the eighth, it's the eighth inning, they're down, he's got nothing to lose there. And after a lengthy, uh, you know, relay, I mean, uh, a lengthy delay to uh, review the play, it comes out in favor of Washington, they get a run on the board, it ties the score 6-6, six, six. and then uh stat, or Trevor Steffen comes in and gives up the, uh, the go ahead single and they go on and Washington goes on to win it, uh, seven to six. I thought, you know, Zanino was, was upset after the game. He said, you know, I, I've made that play my whole career that exact same way. I've never seen it called that way. He said, it's just, he used the word crummy to have replay, dissect a play down to, uh, Set, set the minute minute you know minute breakdown to mm. determine that he was blocking the plate he said he always puts his foot in you know toward third base uh you know he had to do it to uh you know th- that's the way he's always done it and you know garrett slid right into the foot and i guess that was you know he said he you know uh, zanino said he left a lane a lane for garrett to slide to but garrett maybe you know, and no, trying to get the uh, blocking the plate call slid right into uh, into Zanino's lead foot, and uh, you know, maybe that maybe he he was smart enough to uh, realize that situation, and uh, you know was just trying to get the blocking the plate call. But you know that's the sec, and uh, you know uh, from uh, from, uh, from a straw standpoint, he said he knew it was going to be close. He thought Zanino made the right play. Even Bieber said, you know. It, unless zanino is just gonna you know step aside and give him give uh you know garrett the, the whole plate to to step on without a slide there's no other play he could have made to to stop him to to tag him out so you know it's that rule that comes back and bites Cleveland again Joe we saw it with Austin hedges last year but i to me hedges really did block the plate he just jumped mm-hmm. in front of the runner i uh, I thought zanino made made more of a baseball play
0: Right, but again, uh, the play that you're referencing with Austin Hedges last year, uh, there is an interpretation of the rule that says if the catcher has to make a movement to go and get the ball, he's allowed to go into the lane to do that. And I think that's what Hedges was was trying to argue in that situation. In this situation, uh, it was just a, a matter of you know Zanino's foot just being in the wrong spot. Uh, if 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 he consciously you know makes an effort to to sort of keep that foot in a different place and the play happens the same way. Uh, you know, I think they don't have a lot to, to argue with, but it, to me, it's, it's the baseball play. That play has been play. That play has been made that way for a hundred years. That's how that play is supposed to look. And from, from my perspective, you know, it's almost like the same thing with the, with the stolen bases where you're talking about the guy coming off the bag for an instant or, or whatever, when you get to replay and you're looking for these, uh, you know, these the, these things now you're, you're sort of dissecting, like you said, each play that way, you're going to make people way more upset. And you, you're talking about plays that aren't, and that's not baseball to me. The play that Miles Straw and Mike Zanino made was a baseball play to me. And I think that's the kind of play that should stand. And I think the overarching sort of, uh, you know, theme there in, in the replay booth is, okay, well, I'm looking at this. Did the catcher do something unusual that could have caused harm yes okay well then we'll 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 reverse the call and and we'll we'll say because catcher should be made it an, an example of in that situation but that's not what mike zanino did he didn't try to injure anybody he made the right play and uh i i just i don't understand this interpretation and how how it consistently comes out and and sort of screws cleveland over uh on a regular basis every time uh every time this thing goes to new york i uh, to me, the replay uh review center should be in Omaha or something like that where they don't have a dog in the fight i'm i get I get nervous every time uh, a a New York judge and jury is making decisions on whether or not a play affects Cleveland. <laughs>
1: Joe, Joe, Poins, the thing is, Poinsie, there's a great conspiracy. I'm just telling you, <laughs> Joe, I think they just flip a coin on these plays because the <laughs> night before the night before, you know, Andres Jimenez was called out on a play to uh, you know, the on a on a squeeze bunt by uh, Cam Gallagher, a real close play. And, uh, you know, Francona challenged that uh, the the Washington catcher Ruiz blocked the plate and it went again, you know, they said he didn't block the plate. I, I just think it's, it's a, t- you know, and, so and you I think. Agree.
0: So you agree. It's a conspiracy. There you go. Thank you. Man. <laughs> but, uh,
1: yeah. So, you know, I just think the home plate umpire on those plays probably should have the last say he's has the closest view, but it never works that way. And it, and I guess the replay, you know, the home plate umpire, his decision on those plays doesn't really matter.
0: Yeah. It's not even final. So, it, why even bother making a call on the yeah. field at, at in, in the moment when it's going to get challenged it's going to get reviewed just just immediately kick it up there if that's the case and uh again i i, I do not trust anybody if i can't see the, them making the decision or whatever and uh i, I it's so those are
1: umpires making those calls, though, in New York. Those are the, the replay guys are umpires, right? They have I, a, I believe so. Yeah. I, okay. Well, again, uh,
0: they're uh, but they're in New York. That's the <laughs> thing. They're in New York. Move the replay. If the replay center was in Omaha, Nebraska, and there's no dog in the fight, you know, Cleveland's not losing the ALDS to Omaha every year. They're losing it to, to New York every year. That's the difference in my mind. So... That's that's where we're going with this. Uh, let's move on before I start hemorrhaging. Uh, <laughs> Josh Bell. Uh, Josh Bell had a hell of a series. Uh, multiple extra base hits. This was the Josh Bell that the Guardians envisioned when they signed him to a two-year deal in the offseason. Uh, he showed up in his, uh, in, in, I guess, his favorite park. So uh, do we need to rename a Progressive Field the Nationals Park when, uh, when these guys get back home this weekend uh, in order for uh, Josh Bell to keep hitting?
1: Yeah, just uh, it was great to see, uh, you know, he had six hits in the series, five went for extra bases, a home run was included, and he kind of, you know, he helped them win the first game with uh, a leadoff home run in the seventh, then he ignited the game-winning rally with a double in the eighth, Uh, he had, you know, two doubles uh, on Saturday's win, and had two more hits uh, Sunday, so, you know, he definitely said, I, I was talking to him. and He smiled. He said, "Yeah, I, I like feel. I, I do feel comfortable in this park." He said he thought he was uh, trending in the right direction before they got to Washington. He said his batting practice uh, swings were were much better. He felt much better in the in the uh, you know in, during BP, but uh, he finally took it into the game, Joe. So hopefully he keeps going in the right direction here.
0: Yeah and of course they get to Detroit and have to sit for a night. So, uh you know, it never it never fails, so you know that you know we get we get the one guy hot who uh who the Guardians need hot in the middle of that lineup to start providing some thump and uh now they got to sit for a night and you know have have fun uh at the uh at the casino while they they wait for tomorrow's game. Uh at the same time Josh Bell uh decided to get hot during that series. Uh Josh Naylor has uh really trended in the other opposite direction.
1: Yeah, Naylor is really struggling. You know, he had that great start to the season, hit a couple home runs against Seattle. You know, his swing really looked uh, you know, balanced and and uh, you know, just together, but right now he's in a 3 for 35 funk. Uh, you know, they, he did not play against the uh, lefty, the uh uh the lefty uh, uh Washington's Corbin. lefty Corbin on Sunday uh, just to give him a break here. Uh, you know, You know, Tito always talks about it. When his swing is balanced, you know, when he you know, tries to go to the opposite way and up the middle. That's always a good sign. But then he gets, I think if he hits a ball hard and gets, you know, it it turns into an out like it did in Saturday's game when he smoked a a line drive to the shortstop, you know, he starts trying to, uh, you you know, pull the ball, his helmet starts coming off. And, uh, you know, he, he gets, you know, I think, uh, you know, he's just trying to do too much with his swing. If he stays up the middle, He, uh, you know, he's he's much more dangerous. So, you know, he's got to work his way out of this, Joe, because right now uh, maybe maybe, you know, he had kind of moved into the cleanup spot, you know, in in front of Bell. Now, maybe they'll switch places and get Bell in the middle of the lineup, uh, you know, for the Detroit series.
0: Right. Yeah. And uh, like you said, with with Naylor uh, talking about his balance, I mean, last year it was almost a matter of. Uh, you know because he was still coming back from the ankle injury and it, the, the balance was a hard thing uh you know his his balance in the box it, putting pressure on on his foot one way or another uh it, that was a a physical or a mechanical thing now it's it's more of an approach thing uh, you know is he is he overswing is he doing that kind of thing so uh you know definitely some work there to be done uh one guy who who stayed on balance uh, pretty much throughout the series as well Jose Ramirez uh now moves into to 10 place on the guardians all-time home run list is jose ramirez going to be uh the, the number one guy is he going to be the top guy when all is said and done and, and he's uh he's played his last game as a guardian
1: you know joe i don't can he be can he top jim tomey i mean tomey is the the career leader in home runs for uh cleveland uh but you know time is on ramirez's side time wasn't on tomey's side or albert bell's side or manny ramirez's side when it came to uh their stay in cleveland you know Ramirez has six years left on his contract, um, and you know he's sitting at 193 home runs. Uh, Tommy's,
0: uh, Tommy's at 337. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's a long way to go. That's a big bite, especially you know you don't know how you know Ramirez is going to hold up over. He's 30 years old right now. I think age is 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 in his corner to a certain degree. Uh, you know he's he's never had really a serious injury some hand injuries but that's about it but you know Tommy was what 64 65 230 240 you know Ramirez is is kind of a you know one of those guys that good things come in small packages and uh can he hold up over the 7 years to to hit that many home runs is is he a home run hitter joe i i asked him that and he said that's always been his skill he always felt that he was a home run hitter you know, he's a switch hitter. So that helps him. So, uh, you know, I think he's probably got an outside chance, but 300 home runs. That's a lot of, that's a lot of pop Joe. And he's only, he's only got one home run so far this year.
0: Right. And that's the, that's sort of the the scary thing is that this year he's only at one home run and he's, he's really, you know, been at during full seasons over the last, uh, you know, five, six years, he's, he's really been in that mid to upper twenties, uh, you know, with a 30 home run season, you know, uh, that that's sort of what he. If he if he averages six over the next, or if he averages a hundred, if he averages, uh, averages twenty five home runs over the next six years, which is around what he averages, uh, he'd be at one hundred fifty more. He he could do it. You know, he he'd be he'd be right there. Uh, I I think Albert Bell's uh, second place on the list at two forty two. I think he's much more likely to end up second behind Tommy. Uh, and that's, you know, not a bad place to be in between Albert Bell and, and Jim Tomey. But uh, like you're you're right. He he doesn't it would not be outrageous to expect his home run productivity to, to, you know, plateau or slide down a little bit over the next, you know, three to four years. You know, maybe he's 20 home runs a year instead of 25. And, you know, that might get him close, but it won't get him over the top.
1: Yeah, and uh, is he a Hall of Famer, Joe? If he gets close to 300 home runs, the way Jose plays, you know, defensively, the way he runs the bases, you know, hits for average, I think, uh, you know, he, he at the end of his career, he he could indeed be headed for Cooperstown. But he's got to he's got to stay healthy, Joe. And so far he's done that. So far he's posted, you know, he this is a 150 game a year guy, you know, 500. More than 500 at bats a year, guys. So he's got to keep doing that. All right. Uh, speaking,
0: of, or let's uh, ship gears here. Uh, you know Ramirez. We know what we're getting with him every day. Uh, we want to talk about Will Brennan and Oscar Gonzalez in right field. And it looks like, uh, as of as of now, at least over the last several games, it looks like Will Brennan has settled into that right field job, uh, and and his is is the number one guy. Uh, whereas we come into the season thinking Oscar Gonzalez has that uh, that position locked up after his postseason and and his his uh, you know uh, big moments in the in the playoffs last year, it seems like Brennan has uh, sort of won the coaching staff over, won over Tito, and and is the is the guy in that role. And now Gonzalez is the guy filling in.
1: Yeah, and uh, we saw an interesting case on Sunday, Joe. They were facing a lefty and Patrick Corbin, you know, so uh, Gonzalez gets his first start since April 8th in, in right field. But, you know, but Brennan doesn't come out of the lineup, even though he's a left, you know, a left-handed hitter. He he slides over to a left field and they DH Quan. So this is a guy that's going to be in the lineup consistently, Joe, until, you know, what something happens, you know, maybe he cools off. But, you know, uh, I think Brennan is the right fielder now. You know, Tito was saying an interesting thing, You know, uh, before I think Friday's game, he said, you know, everybody, everybody who's every prospect who's headed for the big leagues, they play every day in double A and triple A. But just because you get to the the big leagues, it doesn't mean you're going to you're you're owed anything you're you're owed the the privilege of playing every day and he was talking about gonzalez and i you know to me joe i i we've talked about this before but this is the strangest turn of events i've seen in a long time now either something happened behind the scenes here or you know they had this in their mind, you know, from from the time they brought up Brennan late last season that he was he was going to come to come to this you know start this season as their as their number one right fielder, right? Because what did what did Gonzalez do to to get to lose his job? You know, yeah. everyone uh-huh. says everyone says you know, spring training stats don't mean anything. And yes, he didn't have a great spring, but were, were they you know he. But I, I don't all, know. This is Gonzalez, such a strange thing to me.
0: All Gonzalez did was win three playoff games for you with yeah. walk-off hits. But, uh, but again, I, it was something you just said there, you know, was it behind the scenes? Is it maybe, uh, you know, Tito appreciates and likes the qualities in Brennan of the guy who comes to work every day, you know, doesn't take anything for granted and that, that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe maybe. He's seen some behaviors out of Gonzalez that would indicate that, you know, he's he's sort of maybe getting too big for his britches is the, I don't know, is that the way to, to say it? But you've, you can't let a guy wilt on the vine like this, uh, yeah. you know, sitting on the bench, especially when there are opportunities to play him against lefties. This entire Detroit series, there's going to be opportunities for him to play. He's certainly going to play in the doubleheader tomorrow, but, but at some point, uh, he's got to start getting at bats and because uh, uh, again you can't look at putting it like a gabriel Arias. you put him in the lineup on on sunday and
1: you, you can expect him to go over three over four because he hasn't played in a week yeah and so you're gonna have to if if you want a power hitter and you know right now they've got three you know three outfielders that are almost carbon copies of each other and you know Quan straw and, and, and brennan and you know god love all three of them they're good players and you know they do they perform well with their skill sets but one of those skill sets isn't hitting the ball out of the park and you've got a guy on the bench that you know has hit home runs has shown power throughout the minors showed it in a brief stint uh this past season and uh so either you've got a you know you've got to start playing Gonzalez or so you got to send him down so he can play every day and he can, you know, get his stroke back together. And if you need him going down the stretch, he's going to be ready because he's not doing anybody any good right now. Well, and the other, the problem with that, with the problem
0: with sending him down right now is right field in Columbus is being occupied by John Kenzie Noel, who, uh, just after this last series with Rochester, I think he had like, you know, two or three home runs and he's, he's hitting the ball while he's crushing the ball. So, uh, it, sure, go ahead and send Oscar down if uh, if you want to uh, stump the growth of John Kenzie yeah, Noel in right. in AAA. Uh, this is an organization that needs to make a, <laughs> I, I almost cursed. Oh, this is an organization that needs to make a a gosh darn trade at some point. Yeah, because Joe, Tyler listen, Freeman is is tearing it up. It's yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and Joe, this is maybe this is a reflection of them not protecting you know, protecting Gonzalez for a couple of years in the rule five draft. I don't know, but you know, yeah. something's going on here.
0: Interesting. Well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, last thing I want to talk about uh, Timmy Heron uh, left-hander comes out of the bullpen on Sunday. And uh, you know, at, at, at moments in, in that inning that he worked, he, he looked great at moments. He looked awful. And then all of a sudden you look up and he's giving up a, laser beam two-run home run, and uh, the 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 three-run lead is is shrunk down to one. And uh, what's your level of concern for Timmy Heron right now with the knowledge in the back of your mind that Sam Hentges is about to start a rehab assignment uh, this week at some point with uh, uh, Akron?
1: Yeah, Joe, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, Francona and everyone else has said Heron isn't the finished product. Uh, they love his stuff. You know, this is a, but, you know, this is a guy that really made, this is a kid that really made the club because Henkes was hurt. Um, and, uh, you know, just look at the seventh inning, how it unfolded, Joe. He gets two quick outs, then he gives up a single, and then, you know, gives up the two-run homer to uh, Luis Garcia. And, uh, you know, really kind of, you know, that was the decisive blow to me in that game. And all of a sudden, like you said, it goes from 6-3 to 6-5. And, you know, when you play this many close games like the Guardians do, your, your A-list or you know, your first line of, of bullpen guys are going to get used. And when they get used and they can't pitch for the third or fourth day of a series, guys like Timmy Heron, guys like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Nick Sandlin, those guys are going to have to come in and carry the load. And it just didn't work out for, for you know, on Sunday for them. Yeah,
0: like we said, if uh, if they had been able to go to a Sam Hentges, a, if they had been able to go to August or September 22, uh, Sam Hentges, that, that level of productivity, the guy who he was at that point, if they had been able to bring him in instead of Timmy Heron in that position, uh, there's no question uh, they would have won that game because Hentges would have just mowed through anybody he faced, uh, left or right. They, they Nobody had a chance against him uh, at that point last season, so... Uh, there's no guarantee that, uh, is going to be that guy when they get him back, uh, at least at the beginning when they get him back this year. But, uh, I think it, it, the writing is on the wall for Timmy Heron. Uh, as long as, uh, Sam Hentges is, you know, rehabbing and, and ready to come back, uh, when he's ready to come back, uh, Timmy Herron's going to be, uh, looking for, uh, the first, you know, bus trip to Columbus, uh, or (laughs) if he's lucky Columbus, uh, Again, that's nothing against I think Timmy Heron's been great in spots and he's shown why they like him so much. It's just they're going to need that consistency once Henches is able to get back.
1: Yeah, Joe, there's nothing like you said, nothing against Heron. You know, he's a, he's got a great arm. He's and he's going to be a good reliever. I mean, you know, he's on the fast track, but you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> This league, you know, the big leagues will catch up to you, and and, and they've had in certain occasions against him. One more thing, Joe. I guess uh, Tristan McKenzie is on the trip with the t- team, and mm-hmm. he's progressing really well. Francona said Sunday that he's thrown off the mound. So, I, you know, I'm not sure you know when he would go out on a rehab but i think it's getting closer and he might be making a little you know go, coming a little faster than than people think but he's still on a 60 day which means he can't come off until may 29th
0: yeah may 29th the earliest but uh i would be i would be shocked if uh if it's even a day a day later than may 29th i think uh the uh the writing is on the wall there if if mckenzie keeps progressing and just avoids any sort of setback uh you know uh, that's all very good news uh very welcome as well hey uh just before we get going wanted to mention uh subtext if uh you're subscribed you uh, already knew uh full 20 minutes before the guardians announced uh the the rainout postponement uh, today we had that information out to our our subtext subscribers they knew ahead of time that the game was getting uh postponed so uh you know just one of the uh the added benefits uh particularly for a couple of uh, guys who responded and said that they had tickets for tonight's game uh, and they were kind of frustrated uh but you can sign up uh it's three ninety nine dollars a month uh to get exclusive texts from hoinsey and myself uh every day uh regarding the guardians 216-208-4346 is the number send a text message uh to that and we'll we'll sign you up that way or if you go to cleveland.com uh, slash subtext and uh, click on Hoinsey's picture, they'll uh, they'll send you to the right spot to sign up. Uh, a lot of fun uh, interacting with our, our Subtext subscribers. Uh, double header tomorrow. I, I it will probably be uh, tough to get a, a podcast in, uh, but we will uh, we'll keep the uh, the folks on Subtext updated as to uh, you know when our next uh, podcast will post. Uh, if nothing if nothing else uh, you'll definitely hear from us on the off day on Thursday uh, and we'll uh, we'll get back with you then. Uh, we'll talk to you again on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast.
1: All right Joe stay dry in Detroit man yeah, yeah you <laughs> yeah, hope so' <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs>